Well, let me begin by saying how much I appreciate the opportunity, uh, the encouragement that has been provided thus far uh, in the week that has been planned. Lord willing, we will be able to meet uh, each day to study from the Word of God, and it is uh, truly a humbling thing for me uh, to be a part of this effort. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to take a look at the text found in Nehemiah chapter 8, so if you will uh, want to make your way in your Bibles to that uh, section, uh, we'll be there momentarily. And we're going to look at it as a way to make an application uh, of our lives uh, today. I am confident that everyone here uh, understands the importance of studying God's Word and and I hope that all of you have already been making plans and continuing to make plans to participate and take part in the efforts uh, that are put forth this week. Now, when we're thinking about this text, uh, uh, it's good for us to, to think through where in the history of the Old Testament this, this text is found. And so I've got a, I've got a couple of charts that, that kind of remind us of where we're at Nehemiah is one of the books of history. Uh, if you think through the Old Testament books, the way they're laid out, you take the books of poetry and the books of the prophets, all of those books can fit inside the books that are previous to them in the Old Testament. Nehemiah being one of the last books of history. It's been described as a gem of a book in the spiritual lesson which it teaches. Now, I have these, uh, these time frames and such up here just kind of for, for reference. You notice Nehemiah there at the same time as Malachi, the last prophet uh, that we have within the Old Testament. And, and, and Nehemiah came, back to, came to Jerusalem in 445 B.C. He came back with the remnant who had been over in captivity for their 90 years. Uh, and we think about the, the time frame that's involved here. Uh, we have Ezra and Nehemiah. And these are, these are guys that are coming back to the, children, the, the land of, of promise, coming back to the land of Israel. They had been away. And during that period of time that they had, they had been associated, had learned uh, things and, and, and been taking part in practices that, that were part of the foreign country. Uh, they spoke the language uh, from those over uh, in Babylon and, and the, the area there. And when we think about this history and, and realize that they've come, they're in captivity and God has chosen a remnant. He's brought them back to the city of Jerusalem. They're back in their homeland. And let's go and look at what we can understand from Nehemiah chapter 8. Think about those things. These individuals making their way back to their old ancient homeland. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 1. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the law had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning till midday before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose. 
And beside him at the right hand stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And at his left hand, Bediah, Mashal, Machajal, uh, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And we see here in Nehemiah chapter 8 some things that are very interesting for us to consider as we are making preparation for this week. As we are making preparations for our time in heaven. We were preparing ourselves for heaven. Notice that here the people gathered themselves together. They gathered themselves together. If you look in the last part of chapter 7, we learn the time frame of when this was. That last phrase of uh, verse 73 of Nehemiah chapter 7. When the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. Now the seventh month was one of the most sacred times for the children of Israel. It was during the Feast of the Trumpets. They had the Feast of the Tabernacles. The day of fasting was on the 24th day of that month. But the people gathered together. They didn't come together by force. They didn't have all the rulers saying, hey, you have to assemble. These people had been out of their home, out of their lands. They had come back and they came together for that purpose. We also see that they asked for the law to be read. The people asked Ezra to read the law of Moses to them. Let me show you some, uh, a couple of uh, transla other translations for Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 1. They ask, the New American Standard says, and the Bible in basic English says they made a request to Ezra. I think we all understand that I have been requested to come and to present lessons from the Word of God. We had offer, uh, The prayer had been offered for that very thing. As we assemble ourselves together, as we think through the opportunities that are presented for us, we want the law to be read. We want the instructions to to be presented. And that's what we see here in Nehemiah chapter 8. The one commentary says that their motive for asking was a result of their thankfulness for the Lord in having the walls built that we read in the previous chapters. This is when the city is being rebuilt. The walls of Jerusalem, the, the temple and stuff, all being reconstructed because it had been destroyed when they had been taken off into captivity. Again, this is near the end of the the Old Testament history. They assembled themselves. They asked for the law to be read. And perhaps one of the most interesting aspects about this event that we have recorded for us by Nehemiah is the attention that these individuals give to the instructions. The book of the law was read from morning until midday. You know, I, I've been conversing with, with Chris and, and talking to others about the, the services that y'all have planned. You meet at 9 and 10 and 11. That's from morning until midday. And the law is going to be read. And the attentiveness that is given. Notice again verse 3 and what we see. 
And all the ears and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And who's all the people? Well, you go back before the men and the women and those that could understand. Children are in this audience. Anyone who could understand what was being read, they were attentive to it. They were paying attention. And so as we begin this series of Bible studies, this week-long meeting that has been prepared, I think the text of Nehemiah should be fresh on our minds as we consider how we can profit for this. Kind of have a goal this week of having lessons that are going to help us in our preparation for heaven. Had an opportunity to go and uh, to uh, hang out uh, late in the evening, uh, camp out overnight with some some brothers not long ago. As we woke up in the in the morning, uh, we go down and we're sitting around the bonfire and they're cooking their breakfast over the open flame and got to talking with the individuals and found out that you know that they didn't just wake up and think, oh, I need to get this together. They had made some preparation. As I talked to one of the young boys, uh, one of the uh, young men about it, I I learned that he was an Eagle Scout. Well, if you have any association, any knowledge of the Boy Scouts, one of the mottos is always be prepared. And as we talked about things, he said, yeah, I had this and then I have I have this as a backup if that doesn't work. And he's saying we're always thinking about scenarios of of how we can be prepared. Can we not do that in our spiritual lives? Think about how we can be prepared. We are preparing ourselves for an eternal home in heaven. As we think about this, as we're preparing our lives, we're preparing for heaven, we need to consider preparing ourselves to receive the word of God. We want to prepare ourselves to receive the word of God. And so I think we can use this text from Nehemiah to to help us with that. The first thing that I would suggest to you as we prepare to receive the Word of God is to think about our auditory preference. Uh, that might sound a little strange and, uh, as a way to describe what I'm talking about. Our auditory preference, auditory, audio, you know, those things that we plug in. It's got mono and stereo. That's, that's audio. That's listening. What is our listening preference? I want to remind us of the importance of hearing the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God versus stories and antidotes and jokes and things of that nature. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a time and a place. And I I have benefited from sitting in the audience and listening to gospel preachers who can can illustrate a point with with a humorous story. But as we think about this, what is our goal? What do we expect When we assemble ourselves, do we come as a way to be entertained? We go to a music concert or or, uh, go and listen to our favorite comedian. We we expect that when we go and sit down in that audience that we're going to hear some bluegrass music. That's what I come for. Now, if you get a little extra and you might get some some different kind of music, you might get some storytelling going on in there. That's, That's all well and good, and it probably can fit... In the, in the proper place. But what is our goal in assembling ourselves together? Is it because you think that I'm some kind of great storyteller? I'm here to tell you I'm not. 
uh, I, I, I get my, as my dad used to say, I get my tongue twisted around my eye teeth and I can't see what I'm saying kind of thing. I, I can't, I don't, again, what is our goal? It is indeed the speaker's responsibility to know when is the appropriate time to use antidotes and stories and humorous things to describe. But as the audience, what is it that we want to hear? What is going to be our request? What will we ask for? Do we want to hear the word of God? We remind, I remind you of what we read in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine... But according to their own desires, the audience desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. See, their, audio, their auditory preference is that they want to hear things that they want to hear. And very often, that's not the word of God. Time will come when they're not going to endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to hear sound doctrine. That's not pleasing to their ears. That's not what they like. That makes me feel bad. That makes my toes hurt, however you want to describe it. The Jews asked for Ezra to read from the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded them. Do we want to know what God commands us? And so as we're making our preparation for heaven, so we're making our preparation for the week. What is it that we want? Also to think about the attitude that is presented here. Going back to Nehemiah chapter 8. To see that they assembled themselves together. All that, who could hear with, with understanding. The men, the women and those who could understand. They'd all gathered together. What is their attitude that is seen in this text? toward the speaker what is their attitude toward the message that is being presented what is our attitude toward the upcoming series is it one is it an attitude of of reverence and respect notice verse five again ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was standing above all the people Kind of an interesting side note to see the, the pulpit that is made here. Uh, they put this up for a reason so that more could hear. But the end of verse 5, standing above all the people and he opened up the book, scroll, however you want to imagine it in your mind uh, uh, of the words that were written down. All the people stood up. Now, I think about this as I read through this, that I don't want to give off the, the idea that I'm expecting you, that every time I read, that you need to stand up. That's not what I'm asking. It, this may not be the right time, but I'll give you another little funny thing that I remember. It's the, it's the story of the little boy that has been uh, doing something. His mom told him to go sit down over there. He'd been standing up in the chairs. He'd been standing up everywhere, and she told him to go sit down. And he looked back at her and said, well, I'm standing up inside. Why don't you stand up inside? Why don't you stand up inside? These people stood up. Think about things that we do in our lives where we show our respect, we show our honor. 
because of what is going on. You're at a football game, you're at some performance or whatever. They're going to play the national anthem. What do they do? They ask you to stand. Why? Because it's a sign of respect and honor. And we see that out of these individuals. They show a respectful attitude toward the word of God. Ezra takes the book, he opens it up, and all the people stood up. And, you know, it's interesting that we don't read that Ezra says, okay, now I'm going to read it, y'all. So he opened the book, and they stood up. One commentator remarks about this verse and says, It is remarkable what people will endure if their interest in the subject is great enough. So think about it. They stood up and they listened to the word of God. In verse 6, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, saying, Amen, amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Ezra had read the law. They stood up. Ezra blessed the people, and the people responded. Again, this is not me trying to encourage you that once I say something that you agree with, that I hear you say amen. If you want to, that's fine. But just think about our attitude. They bowed their heads. They worshiped the Lord. Do we express our appreciation for those that would preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, we turn over the New Testament, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. You think about the scene there with Nehemiah and Ezra and all the people. They were being taught. They were listening to the word of God. And they see a sign of reverence, an attitude of uh, attentiveness to that. First uh, Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17 says, The elders who rule well be counted worthy of dov- double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. What is our attitude toward the word of God? And the third thing that I think we can see from this is the attentiveness that these individuals gave to the word. Verse 3 shows that they were attentive to the law of Moses. Then he read from it in the open square that was, from, that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Let's go over and look at a passage in the New Testament. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verses 47 and 48. Here Luke is recording Jesus' teaching. He was teaching daily in the temple. Just imagine, picture that if you will, that Jesus is sitting in Jerusalem, this same place where these guys were back in Nehemiah's day. And he's teaching, he's talking, he's expressing the word of God. He's doing this daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the leading men among the people were trying to destroy him. And they could not find anything that they might do. They're out to get Jesus. They want him to stop teaching. But why couldn't they stop him? Because of what we see. For the people were hanging on to every word which he said. 
The people were hanging on every word he said. I am not of a mind that I think that you're going to walk out of this building, you're going to remember each and every detail of everything that I've expressed. Nor do I think of myself in some light that that I think that you ought to be listening because I said it. That's not the case. These people were listening to the word of God. They were attentive to the book of the law. Those people sitting listening to Jesus. Now he is somebody that we ought to be listening to every word. And that's the scene that I think we see here. They were hanging on every word. So where's our attention? We come together and we worship God. His word is being presented. Even while prayers are being offered or songs are being sung, we're singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And we know from the New Testament that those songs are ways that can teach and admonish and encourage each other. Are we paying attention to the words of the song? Are we attentive to what it's expressing? Where's our attention during services, during the times when prayers are being offered? Are we thinking about all the the flattery words that this individual is using? Or maybe it's very simple terms. And, And we're thinking about where's our attention? During the words of the lesson, where is our attention? Are we thinking about something else? It's interesting. We go back to the book of Nehemiah. What I see and what the, the scriptures tell us, we don't have any insight, any indication whatsoever that these individuals were daydreaming. They were attentive to the book of the law. I don't think that they were reading something else. They were not looking at the bulletin. They were not looking, certainly not looking at their phones and newspapers. They were there to hear the word of God. They had assembled themselves for that purpose. And they were attentive to it. They wanted to hear what God had in store for them. They wanted to hear what God wanted them to do. And they understood its meaning to them. The attentiveness that was given by these individuals. Now, as we continue uh, reading in the book of Nehemiah, we read about the actions of those Jews and what they did in the subsequent days and times. It's very clear that those under those people understood that they heard the law, they understood the law, and they wanted to be obedient to it. When God told them that this is what you are to be doing, they said, hey, we haven't been doing that. In chapter 10, we, they enter into a self-imposed covenant with a deep moral purpose to order their ways in the future according to the revealed will of God in the scriptures. God says we need to be doing this at this point in time. We've not been doing that. We've been off somewhere else. We've not had opportunity. Now we do. And they began doing those things. When we hear the word of God presented, when the word of God is read, 
and explained what is going to be our response. You continue reading in verse uh, 8 of Nehemiah chapter 8. We have these individuals that stood up with Ezra and they, they, all the people stood in place at the end of verse 7. The Levites and these individuals that are listed, they helped the people to understand the law. Verse 8, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. Well, that's my goal this week, is to take various sections of the Word of God, to study through them, to look through them, to read them to you, and to help give the sense of what we can learn from that. Are we willing to make necessary changes? Maybe a change in our auditory preference, what we want to listen to, what we expect to hear. Are we willing to make necessary changes in our attitude if our attitude is not right? If we don't have the appropriate reverence and honor toward the Word of God, are we willing to make changes? Are we willing to make necessary changes in our attentiveness? How attentive can I be during the worship services? How attentive can I be to the words of the songs? And the prayers and the thoughts that are being expressed as we enter in later today, Lord willing, to commemorate the death of our Savior. As we think about the blessings that God bestows upon us, and we go through the act of giving back to Him, are we going to be attentive to that? Or is our mind going to be somewhere else and thinking about what to do this afternoon and how to do this or that? And the invitation of Jesus Christ is always extended for those that need to render obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ I'm confident that the gospel, the good news of the salvation uh, plan of salvation has been proclaimed in this place that the word has been taught that it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can have our sins washed away you realize that you need to avail yourself of the blood of Jesus Christ. You're willing to make your confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You can be baptized this morning. The invitation is extended for those who might not have the right auditory preference, might not have the right attitude, or might not be as attentive as you know you need to be. Well, here is the time and the opportunity where you can make a change. You can begin preparing yourselves for an eternity in heaven when we will sing praises to God for all eternity. If there are those here this morning that need to respond to the gospel call or need the prayers of this congregation, here's the time and here's the opportunity. We want you to uh, let your desire be made known as together we stand and sing.